Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast. My name is Jennifer Apple, she, her. And this week, I got to talk to one of my favorite people, a dear friend of mine, and an all-around badass, Giselle Jimenez. Now, besides the fact that Giselle has had an insane career thus far in terms of the variety of the work that she has done, Giselle is also just somebody who keeps it real, and that is exactly why I have her on this episode. She shares her personal journey thus far in this industry, as well as her upbringing, the significant family trauma, and her personal growth through it all. We talk about acting as a vessel of expression, envisioning your future, and surrounding yourself with your accomplishments. Plus, we talk about the need to find healthy releases, pushing boundaries of expectations that others may have of you or the world might have of you, and most importantly, reminding yourself of your worth. Enjoy. Hi, Giselle. Hi. (laughs) That was so sultry. You look so cute. And anybody who's not tuning into the YouTube for this one, it's worth like seeing Giselle and her little like hair flip and the little hat and cute little makeup. How are you doing, my dear? I'm good. Feeling good and loving life and so happy to see your gorgeous face. Thank you. Um, for anybody who doesn't know you, who are you today? Who am I? Um, I am a woman. I am a professional performer. I sing, I dance, and I act. You might have seen me in Tick, Tick, Boom, the movie. It was in the theaters for a few moments, and now it's on Netflix or Dexter New Blood as Tess. Or you might have seen me in theater uh, as uh, Nessa in Wicked on Broadway, uh, Kate Monster off Broadway, Miss You Like Hell, Olivia. Yeah. So uh, just a few, just to name a few, or uh, Princess Anna in Disneyland. I love it. That was honestly maybe one of my favorite times in your life. Just seeing you in those outfits gave me all forms of life that way. Like each of the things that I've mentioned have like specific audiences. Yeah. <laughs> you notice that? Like, for sure. Except for Tick Boom. But then like no one from Dexter probably would want to see that. You know what I mean? Like I mean, they might like- want to. I just don't yeah. know if that was like a natural overlap. I don't think they're like, you know, promoting Tick Tick Boom for a Dexter audience and vice versa. Because that would be a, not. a strange. No. So clearly you've had a very vivacious is the word that I'm going to use, vivacious career and diversified career. And that's only partially why I wanted to chat with you. Also, just like giving context how we know each other. Giselle and I did the world premiere, regional premiere, all of the premiere of the theory of relativity at good speed. (laughs) How long ago was this? I don't know. Do we want to I think 2014. I think. Or maybe no, 15, because it was right before I went to grad school. Boom. Yeah. 2015 uh, at the Norma Terrace Theater. We met some awesome people in that cast, many of whom are like thriving and living their best lives and careers. Like, heck yeah. They really cast that show with like amazing people. And you're one of them. And you're one of them. Oh my God, girl. Okay. So we're here to kind of obviously talk about your career, but also more specifically, I feel like what has made you have the career that you have had thus far and frankly will continue to have is the fact that bar none, you show up as yourself for everything, truly everything. And I say that with no hyperbole. I think many people, myself included, you know, sometimes you get in your own way and you start, you know, talking yourself into quote unquote being the thing you think they want you to be. 
And I can say unequivocally that you are yourself all the time. And what an interesting journey your career has taken. Like if we just look at the TV shows and everything that you've done, that because of that, you've been able to have such a diverse career thus far. So that's kind of the conversation I want to have with you, which is like abstract. (laughs) Nah. (laughs) (laughs) About like, I mean, without getting heady about it, how do you approach your work from a space of groundedness, truthfulness, honesty? We can kind of go from there and really, you know, bring it back or around to what it really means to be oneself and all of that. Yeah. Well, I think I'll take it back to like my training at New World School of the Arts Great. in Miami. Um, it's a college and a high school. I only went to the college. But um, your freshman year of studies is solely self-discovery. It's mm. an entire year where you have to figure out who you are, the the isms you have, the, the weird quirks that you have um, physically and internally. Um, you're not you're not allowed to do character work wow. or um, learning about others because they believe that the foundation of acting is is. Sure, it's it's reality in a pretend setting, but from the actor perspective, it's you have to know yourself before mm-hmm. you can know someone else. Yeah, um, because if you just skip to knowing others, then that could lead to judgment, and that could lead to um, surfaced acting mm-hmm. because you're never really dealing with the issues that you as a person have. Yeah. And so um, I think that was the birth of me learning about myself, a- admitting to things that I didn't want to admit to or that I was in denial about. Um, that really helped. And, and I'm mentioning this because you don't have to go to a conservatory to, to do this work. You yeah. can literally do this work now. What were some of the things that they did with you? Obviously, it was over the course of a year, but were there yeah. specific exercises or yeah. tools? Some of the exercises, one of the exercises that I remember, it was like an as if exercise. Mm-hmm. So basically, you create your scenario. Um, let's say, for example, I am getting ready for bed. I have work in the morning and it's been a week since I've been single and I'm really missing my ex-partner. Mm-hmm. That's my as if, right? Cool. So we have the scene, we have my room, we have it all set up. And I enter the room and let's say I'm doing the things that we do when we're getting ready for bed. But then before I go into my bed, I go to a secret hiding place and I find a sweater. And the sweater is my ex's sweater that I never gave back. What do I do with that sweater? Like, what would Giselle do with that sweater? Well, Giselle would smell it. Um, she might even wear it to sleep mm-hmm. if, if she cared about that person in that time. And yeah, so that's basically an example. But like through those exercises, you're observing yourself. Are you and doing not- this in like a scene study? Like this scene is a study. A- yeah. Okay. But you're not you're not pre-planning really. Got it. And like is the teacher gonna- giving you the scenario where you're like, this is an idea I have? No, you create your scenario so that it's okay. personal to you, mm. but you don't pre-plan the scene. Okay. You let the scene happen. Yeah. And you really put yourself in in those circumstances. Okay. Because again, acting is reality in a pretend setting. So the yeah. only thing fake about acting is the place that you're doing it at. Mm. 
and, you know, and the location or whatnot. But what you're doing in that scene or or circumstance, it has to be real. So right. you're tapping back into a moment before mm -hmm. or you're tapping into a moment that you almost had. Because there are times when things happen to us, like, I, well, I'll speak for myself, where like, I'll come home. And I'll like, it's like been hours since the incident happened. And then I'm like, I should have said this. Yeah, of course. And I should have what is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, and then all of a sudden, I'm in my shower, like, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> and I'm like, saying the thing that I would have said in my shower. Well, you're like, having full scenes with yourself in the shower. Okay, that's a yeah, new. I'm that's, just, I'm yeah. Like, it's like my it's like my own therapy because like I'm like letting out like because if I don't say the things that I wanted to say or the things that I'm feeling in general, they they build up. Right. For and sure. then the, I'll lash out at my partner or my poor dog, Banksy. Like <laughs> that's how we as humans, we need to release. Mm -hmm. You can't keep anything that's negative inside because as human beings, we're not built to hold them in. Yeah. So you can postpone those feelings and emotions, but they will come out whether yeah. you like it or not. And in my opinion, it's best to let them out when you can control it, like in, like the, in the shower. shower. <laughs> because like, like that's where I cry as well. Yeah. Because like they wash my tears away. And so like by the time I'm done with that shower, I'm like renewed, you know, yeah. like, like, did I cry just now? Who knows? Right. You know the I mean? tears maybe are part of the literal stream of water pouring onto your face. No one knows. Unclear. Exactly. Right. So Amazing. That's one of my places, my sanctuaries where I like yeah. allow to my allow myself to release and kind of be weird, I guess. Yeah. You would say weird. Yeah. Um that's an interesting but, exercise that, that you were doing that in as you're like a first year in school. Was there anything that they were making you do, say like journaling or yes. things that were, what were they doing in that respect? So we had to do journals as well. And basically every day you just talk about how your day was, mm -hmm. but it was more about observing. Okay. So I felt like when I was younger, I, I missed a lot of details in life. Hmm. that I was always just so overwhelmed by everything that I hardly looked at anything. Hmm. And I felt that I discovered that during my freshman year, because when we had to journal, that's when I actually pushed myself to notice the details around me. Mm -hmm. And then surprisingly enough, it brought me to like smiling and yeah. being happy. Like I remember walking to school and all of a sudden noticing this, area of flowers that have been there for who knows how long, but it was the first time that I actually saw them. And I was like, Oh my gosh, these are so bright and vibrant and gorgeous. And like, they're just letting off such a nice aroma. And there's such a simple thing that I'm seeing, yeah. but like I wrote about it because when I looked at that and I smelled it, it literally made me smile. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Whoa, that put those flowers, put a smile on my face before I go to school. Right. So whatever just happened on my on my way to those flowers, it's already forgotten because of those flowers. Mm. And so that's basically the premise and the starting point of when we allow our eyes to open up and see the little details around us, we can actually find happiness in our lives yeah. and not be so tunnel visioned. Mm -hmm. Um thinking about the things that we don't have and yeah. the things that we didn't get or like 
questioning why and then questioning ourselves and then questioning our worth. Right. Like, oh, am I not good enough? Am I this? Am I that? It's like this business is is filled with no's. It's filled with judging yeah. by and they they don't they don't admit to it. But I feel like how can you not judge how the way someone looks? How can you not go by someone's looks in this industry? Mm. So then as as the person who doesn't get the part, you start to question that. Mm-hmm. Is it because of my eyebrows? Maybe mm. they should be thinner. Like silly things like that. I'm guilty of and I, I'll only speak for myself. But I have also heard friends of mine admit to me as, yeah. about as well. And you think about it and it's laughable. It's like, <laughs> it's laughable. Yeah. But like, we forget that it's laughable. And we only uh, become serious. And the internalized concept of it brings us to a negative place in our hearts. But that's because we're tunnel visioning mm-hmm. our world. Right. We're not seeing the details around us and yeah. reminding ourselves that life it has so much more to offer than our jobs. There. And, amen. Amen. Put that one on a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. And not to mention what we do is a reflection of life. That so part. If you're not letting yourself live your life, and I'm talking about living, like Mm -hmm. going to the movies, having tea with your friends or drinks, whatever you do. But like those are the details that actually create life. Yeah. And And therefore what you can pull, like what you can pull from when you're actually trying to bring art into a space. Like if you don't have life experience, what are you actually referring to? Experience. Exactly what you said. It's all about experience. So with that, I would say allow yourself to have fun and experience things and then reflect upon them mm-hmm. and, and you know, see yourself in those experiences and reflect on that. How did I act at that party? Like during my uh, first year of, of um, in college, I, I learned that I am actually an introvert at heart. Mm-hmm. And I learned that because when I was surrounded by a large group of people, all of a sudden, the light that I feel when I'm with a small group of people dimmed. Mm-hmm. So when I'm with a small group of people, I feel so safe that I'm like fully Giselle. Yeah. But when I'm with a lot of people, all of a sudden, I, I notice that I get very overwhelmed and I don't want to talk anymore. And I my heart beats a little too fast and I'm just nervous. Yeah. I don't know if that's a, a medical thing or a chemical imbalance or it's just being a human. I don't know. But that made me learn, okay, so I'm the kind of person that when you first meet, yeah, you're like, oh, she's like so outgoing. She's so this. But when you learn, truly learn about, you learn that I'm not really that outgoing and that yeah. I'm actually really shy and and that – there's no malice in my heart for, yeah. for the actions that I do in life. But you only learn that um, if you really get to know me. Yeah. Because one thing that I will say that I also learned about me is that, and it probably because I'm five foot two and I look like a child, <laughs> but I'm constantly, um, what would be the word that I could use? I'm constantly pushing boundaries. Mm-hmm. And this is in life in general, but a lot of the times people notice it when I'm at work (laughs) because I don't like to ask for permission because I'm an adult and I have an education. I have a degree. 
I have experience over a decade of experience. So why do I have to ask permission? Mm. Right. Instead, I just like to apologize. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Afterwards, like if I if it did come off a certain way or if, you know, it's more ask for forgiveness rather than permission. Exactly. Yeah. I I live by that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching the Kardashians. It's one of my guilty pleasures. Yes. And I remember um, Khloe Kardashian said, um, if someone tells you no, you're asking the wrong person. Mm. And like legit, I was like, ding, ding, ding. Like I was like, <laughs> that is how I feel. Like, or like when you're in customer service and you're like, can I just speak to someone else, please? Cause you're like, you're not helping me. Yeah. So yeah. like someone will, I know it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I <laughs> love it. A little bit of my trauma from that just got, came. Uh, it's fine. Came it's light. fine. No, it's good. No, I think, I think you're, t- I mean, look, you said there were so many nuggets and at every single given point, I was like, okay, do I stop this conversation or do we double back? <laughs> you know, I feel like, oh gosh, there's so much. Partially like what I'm hearing from you is, you know, the fact that we as human beings with our overwhelm of life, and all of the things we can easily forget, get tunnel visioned in what and we're doing out. and miss out, right? So there's like, that's part A that I'm hearing, which is a very real life phenomena. Also, just like if one thinks, well, I don't know, I'll speak from behalf of myself. Like when I think about like time and I think about life and I think about all the possibilities that I could be doing in any given moment, that in of itself actually is desperately crippling to me when it's like, well, I could be here and I could be there and I could do this and I could do that. And any single one of these options is a good option. None of them are really bad. They're all just an option. And depending on what I pick, then that sets the trajectory for the next thing in my life. And that in of itself is like terrifyingly overwhelming. The flip side of that is also that when you do make that decision, you are acting with purpose. And in that moment, all of the things that you could notice about yourself, about your surroundings, about the people that you are engaging with are all learning experiences that are only going to enhance the next thing too. So it is that like that mental switch, right? Yeah. Of gratitude or perceptive like viewing or, you know, perception, all of that. That was like part A that I think is such a wonderful small but way that we can kind of begin to live our lives with maybe a little bit more intention. It's and seemingly then, so small, but it's yeah, I mean, actually it's so hard. <laughs> it's it serves a larger purpose. For sure. And it's really, really hard. I mean, I, I do I do this five minute like gratitude journal every day. I have now for over a year and a half, almost two years. Yeah. Um, I know. Sometimes I'll be honest, I'm kind of like I have to like write at the top of the page, like end of day. I didn't really do it at the beginning of the day or whatever yeah. it is. And I, you know, my timing on it fails. But um, but I've really kept up with it. And Am I really noticing it in real time? Like, wow, the way in which I exist in the world is so, you know, I have so much more gratitude. Not necessarily. Some days are really fucking hard. Yeah. But if I do stop and think about at the end of the day, I have to discover and and acknowledge and name things that I am grateful for and or things that impacted me. That act in and of itself is making me have to be more present and aware of of my life. Yeah. Um, and so I think that is such a cool thing that they're doing with you um, at that school. Two is this idea that, you know, having and discovering the ways in which one gives oneself release and permission for that is um, A, cathartic and B, grace and C, kindness right? We're so used to like giving kindness to others or told that we must extend kindness to others. And yet like, how is one to give kindness to another if you aren't giving it back to yourself? Again, it sounds so simple. Again, it's really hard to practice. But I I think, you know, 
for you to name that that is part of your process of being present, um, even if it is hard, is yeah. is really important, you know? Definitely. So with that said, let's flash forward then from that point of, you know, in your freshman year of really getting back to who you are or like really yeah. learning for the first time who you are and yeah. then therefore how that continued to shape the way in which you show up so presently now. Yeah. I mean, I feel that um, and I'll, I'll share this. Uh, many people know and, and it, it is public information, but I lost my mom at 13. But. Uh, you know how like there's steps in grieving. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was stuck on the the what was it the um the denial phase mm. for like hell long. Yeah, till freshman year of college. Mm -hmm. So during that time, from thirteen to what seventeen years old. I wasn't being honest with people. I wasn't sharing that my mom had passed. And I was even um, mentioning at times that I would see her. Mm. Like, I'm going to go see her. Like, super denial. And then freshman year, there were like, no secrets. Not, don't hold nothing back. You let it out. Yeah. And it was the first time that I actually said out loud, like, I don't have a mom anymore. Like, wow. she's gone. So that was like the beginning of the floodgates. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so that year was very emotional for me. But because I had never dealt with the emotion, it was very hard to control. Mm -hmm. So if you have any emotion that you're keeping bottled up it, and you decide you want to release it, it is going to take you some time to find control over that emotion. Or even just, um, I would argue, like to embrace the fact that that is part of the process. Yes, yes. But like, I will, I will admit that while you are admitting to the emotion, it is hard to find any positivity mm -hmm. while you're doing it. It's just a lot of like, roller coaster of emotions, you could be in class and just start sobbing out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's, it's really vulnerable, and exposing AF. Yeah, like, yeah. You can't hide from people. People see you. They're like rubbing your back or they're like, you're going to be okay. And and then personally, I'm like, I hate that stuff. I'm just, I don't like people seeing me cry. So for me personally, it was very hard to go through that journey. And it took me a long time. But I once I once I got to a point where I could control my emotions, I learned that losing her in turn, took away some of my natural light as a person. Mm. So now when I tackle roles, I let go of my mental wanting to hold on to and keep myself together. And I'm never together I when I am acting. Yeah. So when I am acting, if I want to cry, I will. And I don't, I don't restrict myself from any of the emotion that I'm feeling as a person. Because even when you're doing character work, you're still you. Amen. You're just, you're mm -hmm. just embracing the characteristics of someone else or the circumstances, the, the circumstances yeah. of mm -hmm. someone else. But you're still being yourself. So you have to embrace that. And because I knew that I was an emotional person who, who went through a lot of, of, of um, suffering as, as a young person, 
I had to use that in order to be true while I was on stage. Yeah. And, um, and now I feel like I'm at a place where any kind of scene comes to me, I'm able to access that emotion and a Mm. snap of a finger Mm -hmm. and it's not forced. It's not fake. It's not pushed or anything. It's, it's just raw. It's me because the rawness of who I am is an emotional person who had their heart broken and is pushing through and still living life and still moving forward but she's never going to forget and she's never going to let go of the memory and and the pain is is just it's going to be able to be something that I can live with yeah and like still get through my day with but it's always something that's going to make me feel vulnerable yeah and 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 in turn it allowed me to have a vulnerability in my work. Yeah. That's why everything that I do, you believe because I fucking believe it. Mm-hmm. Like I am raw, um, you know, to a fault. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing that with everyone. Um, and no, it's a really vulnerable. Th- Obviously I know you. And so I, you know, I know this about you, but to be able to share that in this kind of way um, can be, again, like a, a reinstigator of revulnerable, like yeah. making something pop back up again. So thank you for um, sharing in that way. And what I'm hearing is that through your craft, through performing, you have found for yourself a healthy container through which you can process without taking away from what is necessary and required for the role exactly. in a way that you um, are bringing more humanity towards the actual piece mm-hmm. by bringing more t- humanity towards yourself. Yeah. Um, and what it, I mean, if there isn't um, for me, what is like the purpose of art, like more purpose of art than that, you know, I think about, you know, anybody who I've heard this so many times and it bothers me, like, especially in like dating land when somebody yeah. who is not in the arts world and they're like, oh, so you're an actor? Like, how do I know you're not lying to me? And I'm like, well, actually, that would make me a terrible liar because what it means to be an actor is actually to be truthful. Like, it actually is to embrace the most amount of truth to really access what it means to be telling the truth. Like, you are the vessel through which, you know, truth is shown, you know? So actually, you person, like, don't come at me with, like, the lying part of it. It's actually, how do I know you're not? You're not the one who's necessarily in touch with your actual humanity. I don't know. But that aside, it's like us as people, we have so much in us that, that through life, through through experiences, through grieving, all of that, like it, it, can, it can compound. And yeah. to have given yourself the space to do that in a healthy way, yeah. um, acknowledging that that is part of your process too um, and therefore is also what makes you an incredible actor is such a gift for us and also for yourself. Thank you. You're very, that's very sweet of you to say. I, I will say that, that, um, I know I'm mentioning, I know right now the topic is, is a trauma, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I also want to make it clear that even though you've been through trauma, you don't have to use your trauma for only sad things or right. things that are similar to the trauma that you experienced. Um, because 
I know at us as humans, um, there are a lot of times when we use humor mm -hmm. as another gateway to express ourselves through the trauma that we've experienced. Think about stand-up comedians. Oh, yeah. They're, they're hilarious, but most of them talk about their tragedies, right? So, like, in that respect, um, I recently worked on a comedy series, and I- y'all, when this thing drops- <laughs> When this thing drops, just say you knew Giselle Jimenez when. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal. But anyway, yeah, like I'm just saying like you can use your traumas for different types of emotions because um, like if you're not strapped in, you know, and you're actually opened and, and your body's released and your feelings are released, your laugh will be even deeper and louder than if you're holding something in. Yeah. So I just I just wanted to to point that out that like if you've been through a trauma, don't think that the trauma has to be a, exactly the same trauma. Oh God, no, 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 no. It's it's just taking the emotional experience from that event and using it in other circumstances that could provoke an emotional response. I would even, it be, yeah. I would say it would be like moving through it, right? Like I think about this oh, yeah. all the time too, which, and I, I talk about this with a lot of um, the students and clients that I have that I coach of just like, and also when I do workshops and people ask like, well, how do you get over your nerves, for example, when you audition, right? And it's like, well, if you decide to ignore those nerves, they are going to come out in ways that you do not want. And like, you might crack, you might sweat, you might forget your life I mean, in ways that you didn't anticipate because you're not inviting the nerves into the process with you to be like, hello, let me hold your hand. We're all going into this audition room together. Yeah. And now you've allowed your nerves, for example, to migrate through you and they become excitement. They become, you know, um, adrenaline. They become all these other things, right? Like emotions aren't exactly emotions aren't like static, they change and they're, they're movable and moldable and usable. And so if there is something that, you know, is labeled as something and or experienced as something really dark and heavy, if you invite it with you, clearly in a healthy way, along for the ride, you are also inviting that thing to morph into its next form of emotional state. You know, yeah. I think um, it could be really with anything, whether it is some form of say extreme trauma or even less, you know, and again, it's also relative too. I think there, you know, as I'm hearing this, I just want to also offer the listener that like, just because you haven't experienced, hopefully you haven't experienced something as awful doesn't mean that the things in your life don't feel heavy too. And yeah. that in of itself is yours to process and use the way in which you healthily, I also want to always preface like yeah. healthily yeah. can. And yeah. You know? And just like you said, trauma is, is relative to the personal experience it's not um rated right on like the most pain or whatnot it's like if you were really effective by a something that made you feel a certain like if it really just affected your your emotions then that is considered a traumatic thing because it's something that you you know it kind of stopped you in your tracks and you were like oh yeah, you have to, the a version of what needs to be processed from here is the thing, yeah. right? If it's something that you need to process through, whether hopefully in therapy or yeah. journaling or whatever your individual process is for that. 
Have you been using the same monologue for years and can use a new piece? Are you applying to BA, BFA, or MFA programs and need a monologue for that process? Are you someone who simply has no idea where to search for monologues? Well, lucky for you, I do what is called monologue sourcing, in which I find monologues specifically chosen for you. So many artists use pieces based off external labeling for types and roles rather than find pieces sharing who they really are and what speaks to them. So we'll meet virtually together. You share who you are as a human, what you love, your dislikes, your values, beliefs, family, friends, love, politics, you name it. I will help guide you through this. And then I go off on my own and find you monologues chosen just for you that fit like a glove. I've been doing monologue sourcing for years as an extension of the coaching I do with artists, and I have found pieces in this way for over hundreds of artists thus far. So if you are someone who wants to feel empowered about the monologues you bring into rooms and use for auditions, I would love to help you find them. And because you are a dedicated listener of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast, I want to provide you with a custom link to an exclusive rate when you check out today. Head to empoweredartistcollective.com slash podcast promo to register. That's empoweredartistcollective.com slash podcast promo right now. I cannot wait to help you find monologues you absolutely adore. There's so much to unpack here, and I, I want to keep moving us. I'm going to get us back on this train. We're yes, going to keep going. Those are good, these are good detours. We're making lovely stops. Um, on this train, again, as you kept taking this and now you're using this in your current life, how do you feel when you enter into a room? How do you know that you are being truthful? What is your barometer? Um, or into I, a part or a role, anything? Usually when I walk into a room – um, I'll usually make an observation, whether if it smells bad, if it's hot, <laughs> if it's, if I'm feeling some type of way, I will say it in the room out loud. Like you'll be like, Oh, this room is sweaty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it doesn't, it, it's not for everyone. I, I know that like there was one time I went to an audition and it legit, it was hot as hell and smelled like like nasty old pizza. So when I got in there, I was like, ooh, it's stinky in here. And I was like, and it's really humid and hot. And then like no one laughed and cool, cool, no cool. one said anything. And then I was and like. And then you booked it? And then you booked it. <laughs> there was compli- I, I had another. Anyway, I had another offer. So we didn't we didn't continue with that that story. But there have been other times when I was myself. And I got the part. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, my the first gig that I booked out of college was um, the first national tour of West Side Story. I was a replace. I was a replacement of Rosalia. Um, legit, like I graduated. And in a month, I booked it and then I left. But originally, they wanted to see me for the role of Maria. And I told my my agents at the time, like, I don't I don't feel like I vibe with the Maria. And also I don't feel like I vibe with like hitting high C's eight shows a week. Yeah. And they were like, well, just go anyway. So I did. But in the audition, the initial one, I was singing the tonight song. And then right before, like I hit the high C, I legit, I legit opened my hands and I lip sung it. You did not. I did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm, that's how I am. I'm a I'm silly, goofy person. So I was like, and then oh. after, I, after I finished, they started cracking up. They were like, 
they were like, okay, okay, that was hilarious. Can you please try to sing it? And I was like, listen, I was like, I'm going to sing it for you, but it ain't going to sound good. It's going to sound like a little cat being squished somewhere. And they started <laughs> laughing. So then I did it. I was like, whatever I did, the, whatever the, the note is. And they were like, okay, okay, we heard the note. Um, they were like, do you speak Spanish? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, say something in Spanish. Like, like ask someone out on a date or something. And I was like, tu quieres salir conmigo, tu eres muy bonito. And like, they just started cracking up again. And then the casting director was like, okay, come back tomorrow for Rosalia. You're funny as hell. They're like, but you can't look, you look like a Maria. So you're mm. going to have to figure out how you're going to look weird so that you can get this part. Unreal. So like the casting director like helped me out. And so I went home, I got my, uh, this tacky Christmas skirt that my aunt had that had like a legit, a Christmas tree sewn on it no. with, with fucking bells and shit. <laughs> it was bad. I was like, how do you own this? I was like judging her closet while I was going through it. I was like, oh. Meanwhile, you're about to wear it for a callback. Yeah. yeah exactly. So I brought the Christmas skirt. I put, I matched it with a flower tight dress that I owned, but I put this Christmas skirt over the flower dress mm -hmm. and I wore my aunt's brown clogs. I did not put makeup on only like really big lipstick and no makeup. And I didn't brush my hair. And I think I put like some weird headband in like some like ghetto headband. And I auditioned and I got the part. Yeah. But like, it was just basically, I truly believe that if, if I went in and I took the audition seriously, I probably wouldn't have gotten anything yeah. because they would have been like, she's out of Maria. Okay, move on. Mm -hmm. But because I was myself yeah. and because I was honest about how I felt about the audition and my agents at the time didn't give a shit mm -hmm. and they didn't care what I was saying. They, didn't, they were ignoring what I was saying. I naturally was like, okay, well, if they're going to ignore what I say, when I go in the room, I'm going to say it because I'm not going to be the actor that just says yes to everything. I'm going to be the actor who knows her limits Good for you. and knows what she can and cannot do. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of actors do that. They'll be like, oh, I could do that. I could do that. And then eight shows a week, they start calling out because they really can't do that. And right. for me, I'm, I'm a very honest person going back to the whole actor's lie thing. Yeah. I'm a terrible liar. Yeah. Like, and as soon as I lie, I start to laugh. That's how bad of a liar I am. Like, it's so bad. That's why I love you. <laughs> That's like, why it's like, keep it real. The amount of times that I snitched on myself growing up, like <laughs> legit, like I could have got away with it. And then I was just like, dad, I did this terrible thing and I can't like, that's how, that's how honest of a person yeah. I am. But then my honesty becomes a fault because yeah, it worked for West Side Story when I was like, listen. I can't mm -hmm. really hit that high C, but then it didn't work out when I was like, Oh, it's stinky in here. Like yeah. we need to open up a window. But what you're like, bringing, what you're bringing up is, and we've talked about this in other episodes prior, um, is just the fact that a, this business is built on relationships and B what really we're talking about here is when somebody is trying to cast a show, a TV show, a movie, what have you, you are creating an ensemble and people that you are most likely going to be around for an extended period of time. And do you, the general you, want to hang out with this person for an extended period of time? Do you want to kiki with them and hang out? Granted, you don't have to be besties. Like, no one's saying that. But, like, do you want this person and their energy in your space to create, you know? And 
I, from my personal opinion, like if I'm walking into a room and somebody is stale and, you know, really, really wants the thing and I don't learn about who they are, it's hard for me to potentially trust that I, I, I know what they're going to be bringing as a person into the room, right? Yeah. So you coming in and being like, this is my goofy ass self. This I'm going to come rolling in with a weird ass Christmas skirt. Don't ask me where I got it. I don't want to tell you. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to yeah. do that, like, I know that you are going to be the person that comes rolling in. And I'm going to be giggling when things are really hard. Yeah. You know? And like, I don't know, for my money, I'd rather work with somebody. I mean, this isn't taking away from you specifically. You are very talented and you're, you know, who you are as a person. But like, I personally would rather work with somebody who is like, solid, not brilliant, but a great ass person than somebody who was like incredibly talented and awful. Yeah. Any yeah. any day of the week. I never understood that. Like people who are really talented but just not nice. Yeah. I never understood that cuz like even even like just growing up around professionals, the ones who are successful are the ones who have the most gratitude yeah. and the most kindness. And the ones who are bitter are the ones who a lot of times never had the experience, the professional experience, or they have, but not to a level that they wanted and which in turn creates their bitterness. Mm -hmm. But to me, success should never be judged based on other people's journeys. Yep. Your success should be based on your own self and your own list of goals. And if yeah. you create a list of goals, whether they be, you know, you have your, your small, you should never have just one big goal because then it'll feel like forever for you to accomplish mm. them. Like the way that I like to do it. So I like to have like a little goal, a medium goal and a big goal. And that way, at least I'm always hitting that little goal. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. I'm always feeling like I'm accomplishing something. Yeah. And, and, and I'm giving myself a certain amount of time to get to the medium goal, but I know that the big goal is something that I can't have right now, but it's something that I can look forward to yeah. like the sun every morning. You know what I mean? No, but it's true. And also like said, you know, I'm not the, the word goal for me is a trigger. If I'm being really candid, Sorry. just because no, 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 I'm not like gonna like you know like hang up <laughs> this call here. This is over. We're done. <laughs> uh, no, it's just and I, I don't mean it like it's not. It's not really like you know gonna emotionally mess me up. It's just more like for me, I find that so often people get really tunnel visioned with their goals that they are missing what is actually happening in real time. So I yeah. just have a problem with like the verbiage of it because I think it actually makes people more tunnel visioned than what we were say talking about in the beginning of the episode about like really being more aware and embracing the fact that perhaps you may have, say, a goal, but allowing for the goal to morph and change, I think is kind of also, for me at least, it's like yeah. par for the course to really stay flexible in recognizing that sometimes these beautiful gifts will come unexpectedly in your way. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, your goal has shifted because yeah. of this type of, you know, discovery. You and know. that's part of then that's and I believe that that is part of life's journey. So like for I think for me, when I when I say we set multiple goals, it's so that we're not allowing the I could do this, I could do that mentality right. to overwhelm us. That, it mm -hmm. kind of like stabilizes that ambition and 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 gets it to a place where we can actually achieve it. Right. Mm -hmm. But I 100 percent agree with you that if something happens in your life, do not say no if it's something that's going to advance you as a person Amen. and feed your your artistic soul. Because if that's the case, you don't know what you're going to find out if you say yes to this. Yeah. And like, and you and and you will very much miss out on so many things if you say no. 
So again, if something else comes in, that's fine. Say yes, and then move around the goals and figure it out. But to me, the multiple goals is, and, and you can even do that on a vision board. Like, right. you know, if, if people don't know what that is, it's basically like you can make it however you like, but basically putting something on a board, whether it be words, text, images that reflect on things that you see yourself doing, that you see your, that you wish you saw yourself doing and things that you know you will do. You know, so that you can see that. And, and um, you know, like right now I'm in my office and around my entire apartment, um, I have a I have a two bedroom and and the second one is the office and the entire apartment. I don't I just have like artwork and cool, cool um, signs. We have this huge Jaws poster, like the original one because we love Jaws. And, but in my office, I am surrounded by my accomplishments like a little bit you can see a little bit but like I have a whole wall of like everything that I've done like y'all we're getting if you tune into the YouTube Giselle just showed us like the whole wall visual but like I have a whole wall and it's just surrounded by my my accomplishment even up there a theory of relativity is up there on the is that all the way show you hold on oh my god we're literally going on a tour I'm obsessed the same I know Wait, yes on. you saw her right that's yes me, oh my god there ricky. you are ricky yes <laughs> obsessed so yeah um and i do that because i have it in here because i feel like okay when people come in they're not gonna be like oh my god she's so vain you know she has all her shit she wants everybody to see her stuff no i don't want that to happen i want i don't want to talk about me when you yeah. come to my house but I know that this is my sanctuary. So when I come in here and I, and I use that equipment to audition, I'm surrounded and reminded of my accomplishments. Yes. I'm reminded of my worth. Mm. And I know that I have what it takes to try out for this part. And if I don't get it, it's not because of what I lack as a oh, person. No. Mm-hmm. It's just what doesn't fit in the story. Right. or in the cast list. Yeah. And I personally feel that if I didn't have this positivity around me, I could probably go into a darker place and and think that there was something wrong with me. Yeah. But again, having things surrounding you like when I'm in a hotel, like whenever I'm filming something or when even when I was on tour, I would create um words of affirmation on like computer paper. I would like take computer paper from like the hotel business center and I would just like steal it. And then sorry, sorry, <laughs> not sorry. And I would just like, you paid for a room or somebody paid for right, room, you know, right? exactly. So I would just draw like, um, words of affirmation. And then I would just scotch tape a lot of papers around my walls. So every time I woke up, I would see these like inspiring words and like kind of like in Ted Lasso and he's like believe yeah (laughs) like it's true though it's like it's it it sounds really corny I know but like I don't care man I'd rather be corny and happy than Mm -hmm. like not corny and like hella depressed yeah (laughs) yeah no and I look I think you know you're touching on your process for doing that, recognizing that it's not foolproof and there are certainly days, and I know this knowing you, that there are certainly days when it's like, it's hard. And it's hard to stay in that frame of mind, but to give yourself a leg up when you can to remind yourself of the worth that you 
inherently have just existing on this planet, yeah. period. And then also on top of that, all the things that you have done to to get to where you are now, recognizing that there are still places that you want to continue getting towards, right? Again, it's a practice and no one's saying that it's easy, but to hear that this is something that others do is hopefully a reminder for those listening that, you know, to discover that for yourself is is only going to hopefully allow you to exist in a more full way that you have taken ownership over. I think a version of myself years ago would have like viewed your office and been like, well, that girl thinks a lot of herself. Yeah. And it's like, no, I think we can easily forget all that we have done because we're not can, we're not putting it in our faces because it feels icky to be like, well, look at all the things I've done. But mm -hmm. also like if you don't remind yourself of those things, then like how do you continue staying motivated in that? So yeah, a happy medium exactly. is great. Hell yeah. And it's not for everyone, of course. I'm just a very visual person. Yeah. Like that's the way that I learn the best. Yeah. I know everyone has their own um, preferences of learning. For me, I'm a visual learner. Yeah. So, um, you know, even when I'm seeing choreography, I'll learn it better if I see it than yeah. if I just hear what it is. And it's the same, th same thing with my accomplishments. Like if I see these things when I come in here, I fucking, I smile. I'm happy. I'm like, oh, yeah, I did this. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, if not, I mean, the world is so much, mm -hmm. especially with the pandemic and everything. I find that um, it's easy to, again, go to that dark place and just forget your worth yeah. and just be like, what am I doing? Why am I here? There's a lot of people who just they just stop and they just give up because they don't give themselves this. Mm -hmm. This is a gift. Give yourself a gift. Another thing that I do after every audition, whether I book it or not, I buy myself a present. Yes, you do. I started I do. doing that too. And I don't, I don't like to buy things. And so that in and of itself is already really hard. It's great. And mm -hmm. I'm talking, I'm talking, you don't got to go to like, be like, I don't even know, like Bloomingdale's. I don't even know. I don't, I don't shop at expensive places, but like you can get a dollar pizza. And if you're in New York, that. you don't know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. You could get, um, what was that? Like, um, the little, oh, I'll show you the little hand sanitizers from oh, like, yeah, yeah. Bath and Body Works. You get like <laughs> five of them for $25 or just one for like two three. bucks yeah. or three bucks. Who knows? But like things like that, that like if you just, or maybe even if you bought yourself like some Trident gum. <laughs> or you say it like a commercial. A makeup remover wipe. Unreal. You know, something that is like for Or even you. just, yeah, or like emotionally, if you aren't in a financial place, like, yeah, give yeah. yourself a gift of like going for a little bit of a 15 minute walk just for yourself or. Yeah, it, yes. Something that's know. a gift that's for you. Yes. And it, again, you're nailing it. You don't have to pay for something, but get yourself a gift. Um, pick some flowers and put it in a vase when, mm -hmm. vase when you get home. Um, but yes, I, I, I wanted to share that because I, I find that really helpful yeah. because there are some times where even if you did a great job, if, you, if, if the other side's response is like not what you were hoping for or like kind of weird, that is so easily destroying. Like that's so like I get destroyed easily by other people's emotions and other mm -hmm. people's energies. Yeah. Like I'm very sensitive to energy. So if like I'm around somebody who's pissed, I start getting like scared. Yeah. My heart beats fast. And then and then all of a sudden I find something to be upset about. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah that's yeah, how yeah. sensitive I am. Yeah. So like 
there's been a few times where I've been in a room and like they're having a bad day and they take it out on me and they're mm. a little disrespectful as far as like there's I mean, this happened years ago, but there were times where like somebody was full fledged eating something and not looking at me. Someone was on their phone and not looking at me. Yeah. And it was just like, this is my time. <laughs> I came all the way from wherever to be here yeah, yeah. for free. Yeah. You're not even paying me for this. Yeah. You're welcome. You know what I mean? Like, just like, I just want to like, be like, are you kidding me? Yeah. But, but that just comes out in a belt. <laughs> like, that's how I release that energy. Yeah. And then when I go home, I do that shower thing. I was like, well, who do you think you yeah. are? Like, I hope that sandwich tastes good. You know, yeah. I, I hope you floss, you know, because you might get some meat stuck in that tooth and then and then you get bad breath. Like I'm I love like, how these are these are the insults too. Like I hope your sandwich was good. <laughs> Unreal. I could keep talking to you forever, and obviously, you and I will continue talking off this conversation. But for those listeners who are either earlier in the journey or are navigating, you know, a lot of these the feelings about like how to bring oneself to the process or just simply generally more fully, what is a piece of advice that you would love to give or wish you had known earlier? The one that I want to give is persistence. Do not give up if the arts is something that you truly love and cannot be without. Mm -hmm. Do not give up because the people that make it are the people who never give up. Yeah. And they don't take no for an answer. So that's my, my wisdom to, you know, people who may be second guessing their careers at this moment. Like, because there's people who are new to the game, but then there's also people who've been doing this for years and they're yeah. like, forget this life. Like, I, I can't. Like, yeah. and that's, that's okay. Like, if you want to move on, move on. Right. But if there's something in your heart that's telling you that this is your love, the love of your life. Do not give up on the love of your life hmm. because you have a whole life to live. Um, Marushka Hagate, if I'm saying that right, she's Law and Order. I did, I did an episode on Law and Order 2012, like a long time ago. And I asked her how, she, like, what was her journey? You know what she told me? She said <laughs> that she was auditioning a shit ton and nobody was booking her. So she was like, okay, forget y'all. She got married. She had kids. And then she went back and auditioned again. And she booked Law and Order. Yeah. And now she is set for life, right? Yeah. So, and I'm sorry if that was not public knowledge or whatever. But, like, it's such important knowledge to pass to people who are either doubting what they want to do or who are new to this, this industry. It's like, you can... Have your cake and eat it too. Like yeah. you can take a break. Like if your mental yeah. health is bad and your soul is not good, but you know you still love this, take a break and do something for yourself, whether it be yeah. becoming a teacher, um, having children, getting married, like having an animal and raising it from scratch. You know what I mean? Like those are still life journeys. Oh, yeah. And Theater and the arts is always going to be here. And that was proven when the pandemic happened because everybody was on their TikToks singing and dancing and doing little acting things. Yeah. So the arts is necessary. The arts is, is part of therapy and, 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 and healing. So 
yeah, I would just say persistence is key, but persistence doesn't mean that it has to be a consecutive thing that yeah. like never has a halt. Yeah. No, you can take a pause. You can take a break. Just never give up fully because yeah. giving up fully and taking a break are, in my opinion, they're two different things. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love you so much. And <laughs> your little face, your little um, I'm so grateful to you for this time. And I truly all like you don't even know what's coming down. <laughs> like I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, for anybody who wants to follow along on your journey, who potentially wants to work with you, collaborate with you, what is the best way within your own boundaries for people to find you, reach out, all of that? Um, you can send me a private DM on my Instagram handle, Giselle Jimenez Official. Um, but if I don't respond, send me a comment on one of my posts because I will say this and share this with y'all as well. I used to check everyone's messages in the beginning and it was going well. And then somebody messed it up for everyone when they messaged me and tricked me into an inappropriate conversation where they sent me inappropriate photos of, I don't know if it was them or someone else, like nudity. Mm -mm. And that really made me upset. Um, so after that, I stopped looking at new messages. So if you have messaged me and are upset that I didn't respond, it's because I'm scared that I'm going to see something that I don't want to see again. Um, so again, if you have something legit and real that you want to ask me just, and you have already sent a message, send me like a comment on a story, like, Hey, I messaged you. Like, you know, I I want to talk about theater or whatever, or send me a comment on one of my posts and I will see those obviously. And then I can get back to you. Cool. Other than that, I haven't checked new messages because I'm just, I was I'm so like sorry traumatized. Yeah. I was traumatized. Cause yeah. I, I don't, I did not, I truly believed that person and like talked to that person. And I truly was like, just in it like, okay, uh-huh. And then they tricked me. So and I, I just need some time to heal yeah. from that personally yeah. before I can allow myself to look at messages that are new again. Well, that's why I ask, you know, like within somebody's boundaries, because yeah. it can be really, the interwebs are a really terrifying place. I'm really sorry that that happened to you. Um, yeah. So thank you for giving alternative <laughs> options that you can respect your own boundaries. I didn't want to like poop on this ending no like no no, no. Like but again it's it's real it's real and I think so you know real. again if we're not doing anything other than keeping it real here then I don't know what I'm doing so um True. I love you the most and I'm so grateful you. to you for this conversation and um it's just the beginning of more so I cannot wait to continue rooting for you and chatting with you um all I'm the time I'm rooting for you too Jen you're like you're a blessing and you. I'm so happy to have you in my life same and I'm so proud of this show Thank you. And I'm rooting for it as well. Thank you. I love you. Bye. I love you too. <laughs> Bye. Hopefully this episode serves as an offering, an invitation, a reminder that there is literally no one on this planet who is you. And the power of you embracing all that you are is a gift for all of us. Now, if you like this episode, please like, rate, follow, and most importantly, review us on Apple Podcasts. I cannot express enough how much this means to us and also allows for us to continue having these types of conversations. It's super easy. 
go to Apple Podcasts and just write us a beautiful little note, and then you can move on with your day. If you have not yet done so, please follow us on Instagram at Empowered Artists Collective, on TikTok at Empower Artists Collective, on our website at EmpoweredArtistCollective.com. And if you are seeking some merchandise, we got you in the show notes. As always, I am so endlessly grateful that you keep on coming back, and we will be back again next week. Until then. <laughs>